0: This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash! I to you too, over there. You know, really, I love your style. I love
1: the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain.
0: We welcome to the show Christian Leitner.
1: Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and you know, my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals: kapusta, bumpy, blowy. All that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so a lot of, lot of, lot of of Polish tradition there.
0: Yak Shamash, everybody, welcome to the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys go to Bucky's Fifth. Hope oh, I'm getting a little bit of feedback, and I know why now. There we go, right there. This is uh, Jay Kokorowski, uh, of course, coming to you live from Madison, Wisconsin. We got Polish rifle Scotty Wisniewski here. We got a fun show coming up. It's uh, looking at about 14 minutes from now, we'll play our conversation with Green Bay Packers fifth round draft pick, former UCLA Bruin standout Brett Hundley. We'll talk to him about the emotions of being drafted by the Packers going to a steakhouse named by named uh, after a Packers legend as well as adjusting to the NFL playbook and, and how big a NFL playbook really is. And uh, it be a lot of fun there. And I am, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a great Wednesday. It's been a, Right, a little bit of a long week already for us. Uh, I'm on my end, and so I'm going to get a little bit longer until the weekend comes around. But we got a lot to discuss. We'll have the conversation with Brett Hundley. We'll have the discussion with talking about obviously the Milwaukee Brewers, who obviously aren't doing so well right now against the Chicago White Sox. But we'll also discuss uh, some deflate gate. We'll talk, we got NBA playoffs and in Wisconsin recruiting. Wisconsin picked up. Uh, a, a good verbal commit from a, with uh, from a Belgian player from overseas who could actually step up and compete right away. But Scott, you know, happy Wednesday, and and how's that week been going for you so
1: far? Um, long. It's been a long work week. I'm actually at work at the office right now, working on a tedious project. But. Uh Hey, you know, the weekend coming up, not only do we have a birthday party, but we have a huge charity event, which we'll talk about later. So we got all that going on right now.
0: We do. We do. And, you know, uh, let's talk real quick about, I mean, right now we're, uh, it's kind of the dead time of the year. So obviously things are coming up that uh, are are pretty, I don't know, you know, there's no football. If you're in the NBA playoffs, obviously that's, that's a big story right now, and that's a lot of fun. You see that you see John Lewis Memphis Grizzly, Grizzly still on. He they did some weird things with uh having him paint a picture or whatnot, uh with something with the Memphis Art Museum, which was somewhat interesting, somewhat weird, but we we enjoyed it. We we posted up on Bucky Swift Quarter. Uh, you know, it's, it's that time of year where football's gone. The badgers don't really have, you know, obviously don't have a baseball college baseball team or a lacrosse team, you'd Brewers aren't doing necessarily too well. Bucks obviously, are in the playoffs. Packers, you have the OTA, you know, rookie camps, OTAs coming up. So people are definitely trying to get their fix there. But uh, I, let's just talk real quick about this deflate gate that came out. Obviously, that's kind of the biggest news. Earlier this week came out. Tom Brady suspended four games. Patriots levied a million-dollar fine, lost the two draft picks, a high draft pick in that, with the first-round pick. I believe the other was a, a fourth-round pick. Your thoughts initially. I mean, I know you talked about it. We mentioned it last week after kind of reviewing the NFL draft and and, and going through and and when the initial report came out, talking about there's probable it's probable that Tom Brady knew about this. Your thoughts on the punishment? Does it the punishment fit the crime? Should the penalty itself? Should should sort of the rule itself really, in your opinion, should it matter? Or how? or should there be changes to this? Your just initial stance on everything with game.
1: Yeah. Of course it should matter. There's a rule for reasons, but there's a lot of rules we don't like. If you live in the city of Milwaukee, you don't like some of the stupid parking rules, but you have to follow them. Um, you know, if, if you play NFL football, you might not like the inflated limits or, or minimums or maximums of a football, but you have to live with them. Here's the thing, I know people are saying it's a little bit harsh and this and that and a million other things. I'll tell you this, though, it's it's the Patriots. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be, I'm not a Patriot hater. That's not what I'm, I'm not one of those guys. I don't really care, I don't have an opinion on them one way or the other. They've been good, one of the best teams in football, they've been a good organization. They haven't won championships just because they cheat, but they certainly do bend the rules, and they've been caught doing it on for a couple other things in the past. So, that being said, you know, you have to deal with the punishment that's going to get handed down. Now, it's, he's not going to serve four games. Some people say he won't serve any. I think he'll serve two. Uh, so, it, I mean, it's going to get brokered down and bargained down anyway. But, you know, it it is what it is. I think the draft picks are really hurt more than anything because, you know, they, they made this one year Brady missed uh, the whole season and they still won 11-5. and five. Now, you know, I don't know what they're going to do in the two games he misses. Like I said, I think it's going to be a game. They'll go one if they go one and one in it. It's not going to hurt them anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but I think it's, the bigger thing is, you know, the long term. You know, because Tom Brady's not going to be there forever. Although I know it feels like it, he's not going to be there forever. And at some point, those draft picks might actually have more of an impact to them and hurt them more than uh, than anything else.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I was more – the, with the Brady suspension, I wasn't necessarily that surprised that if you want to come down hard and set an example. And so I wasn't necessarily too surprised on that end. And granted, like you said, it's going to be – you aim high, the appeal, it'll probably be two games. But yeah. you look at – you know, look at the simple fact that you have – this, uh, I guess, the Patriots. finally, Obviously, they there's not a lot of cooperation in there. There wasn't a lot of cooperation with the Patriots. You, you heard about how basically they wanted to speak to McNulty again. They went out to, to the ball boys again. They were refused access there. It seemed like there's a. I mean, a lot of these penalties were more penalties of. I would say. You know, arrogance of okay, you don't, you're not going to help us out with this investigation. Well, you're going to get the, you know, you're going to get the full potential of 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 these penalties, and they did. And you know, even even you hear about you know Tom Brady, which is, I mean, like I said, it's ironic. The Tom Brady telling the Ravens to check their play, you know, check the rule book after the divisional playoff game this year, it's all come full circle. It's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Maybe, maybe like Aaron Nagler from sports illustrated, uh, also cheesehead tv.com mentioned that maybe this isn't all the come around. If, if he doesn't say that comment, this is arrogant comments. I'm definitely, I'm intrigued to see what happens and maybe, maybe, you know, there's more to the story, too, because they haven't really gone really in-depth about what they saw with, with, you know, Brady's text or, or further deep. I mean, they didn't even get Brady's text from what it sounds like. But maybe they, they know
1: more. Uh, who knows? It, it just seems like it's a very uh, – I think they do. I, look, it, I think the NFL is very careful in this. They definitely know more. Um, so that's a good thing because if they didn't, um, then, they you know, they'd be a lot more um, – a lot more careful in, in how they would approach this. So they wouldn't be going through this if they weren't covering their, their rear ends and dotting the I's and crossing the teeth. So, uh, again, but it, but I think you hit it right on the head. It's an arrogant thing. You know, the Patriots, it's one thing to cheat. It's another thing to be arrogant about, it. Um, you know, as opposed to being contrite and saying, oh, you know, we're sorry. You know, we weren't aware of it, whatever, whatever, um, you know, Probably not there probably if they would have handled it that way and been more forthright, for I don't think they would have been hanged for something for Tom Brady. They still might have penalized the organization. But I don't think they would have penalized Brady. But yeah, he made the, the ownership craft and, and everybody there made it a, a thing and challenged them and bowed up their chest and said, you know, uh, there's nothing to this. We'll show you, you know, basically Saying there's nothing you can do to us, and well, I guess you're wrong. There is something they can do to you.
0: Well, what's even funnier too is a simple be- the f- simple fact too that you remember when Robert Kraft said that he demanded an apology from the league about this. <laughs> it just <Yeah>. uh, it, <laughs> uh, how I mean, talk about arrogance, and and talk about uh, completely a swing and a miss on on his end with that. So you saw something come to light. It also comes to light too about how the league goes from there. It's about eight ten right now, by the way, folks. About five minutes away from our conversation with quarterback quarterback Brett Hundley, the Green Bay Packers fifth round draft pick. Really excited to, to air that interview that we had this past weekend uh, along with our buddy Tex Western from the Acme Packing Company. But what does it say about the rules? Like honestly, and I've always thought this was odd. What just have to just have the NFL have a a couple of officials that are in charge of the game balls, and have NFL issued game balls. It, you know, this seems like a rule that's so easy to change, and that, granted, you know, you know, the teams like when you have the teams that, you know, certain quarterbacks like the ball. It is. I mean, I know people have quoted Aaron Rodgers saying he likes them a little overinflated, and but really, it just get rid of the two teams taking care of, of the footballs or the pigskins. Just have an NFL official. I mean, and I'm, I'm part of, a you know, I work at, you know, where I work at, you know, we have these leadership principles and one thing is called invent and simplify, you know, and it's just one of those things that really, you know, just simplify this by either one, changing the, the course in terms of the, the ball, the PSI in terms of, you know, make it a broader range because I don't know if necessarily it's a big deal, especially if a, a quarterback's throwing to another to another receiver. It might be different in terms of running the ball, so they could change no, the earlier in no, terms of the uh, range no. of the you to
1: to it? It, I'll tell you why it's different because there was a study that showed that there have been less fumbles by the, the Patriots over the last between center the the center to. The quarterback exchange. Tom Brady likes the balls deflated because it was easier for it to grip, especially in cold weather, coming out from the center. Okay, so people are all think, "Well, does it matter? You got to catch it. You got to..." No, that's not what it was for. It was about getting the grip, not fumbling the exchange, so you're able to hold on to the ball. And if you're breaking a rule, again, whether you agree with the rule or not, you're giving yourself a competitive advantage, usually. Uh, so that's right. why I think the ball came to play was because it just made it easier for Brady to, to accept the exchange and not have to worry about costing it up.
0: Right, and, that, and that's true. I mean, yeah, definitely there with, like, the fumbles. I mean, in terms of throwing the ball, uh, you know, if someone's trying to catch it, that's one thing. But, yeah, I, I do agree with the fumbles, uh, and, and I did hear about that. Uh, maybe the one thing, though, too, that you look at this with that, like I said, is just have the NFL just take care of – of the balls for the game. Hey, guess what? It's the NFL issued. This is how it goes. I'm not okay. sure how the whole protocol would go, but just have the NFL take care of this. That way you're not worried know,
1: about tamping. I mean, that's where we're going to end up, but the fact that you have to legislate everything because somebody's, for years and years, it's always worked the same sports. This isn't new, but because somebody's going to try to bend the rule, you end up having to find new legislation because of stuff like this. So that's what they're going to end up probably the end game going to be, but,
0: uh, you know, it's just, it's somewhat laughable. It is. It is. And well, like I said, we'll see. I think, I don't, I don't know the exact timeline, but obviously Tom Brady, it sounds like he's going to appeal the suspension and they'll talk, they'll go from there. And obviously it'll be in all likelihood rescinded down to a couple of, you know, a couple games in all likelihood, but, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It'll be, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how rules are played out after this in terms of if PSI, if, if, that'll change, if that rule will change if they go and, like I said, change, like you mentioned, like it's going to go the way of the NFL taking back control of the game balls. But so that'll be interesting. And we're about a minute away from playing the, the uh, interview with – Packers quarterback Brett Hundley, but before we do that, real quick, you saw—I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I didn't, but Aaron Rodgers seemed to do pretty well for himself for Celebrity Jeopardy yesterday. Simple fact that he had, uh, you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars for the Mac Fund, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm
1: disappointed. I'm disappointed that I missed it. I knew that it was coming up. And I forgot the date, and I saw it on the news. I'm like, oh man, because I, I, I would have at least DVR'd it. It would have been neat to see, but yeah, I, I did not get to see it. And I saw some clips, but I did not get to see the full broadcast. Right, and I didn't. I
0: didn't get to either. And what's really interesting. T- some people were complaining on, on Twitter that people were talking about it because the, you know Jeopardy comes on at different times in different markets. I think in Madison it was 4:30 here, in Green Bay it was six six or six thirty, and some people are like, oh, why are there spoilers? Why are people giving away spoilers? It's I'm I'm kind of looking at it, I'm like really, uh, it, it's I mean obviously. When it comes out, obviously people are going to talk about it. I didn't have a problem with it. It's just I, I find it was kind of silly that people were making a big deal and and, and kind of saying, oh, I get to see, oh, I can't, uh, you know, it's spoilers. What you know, who cares about Celebrity Jeopardy if he wins or loses? It's not a football game where you know you're waiting and you have to work nine to five and the game's at noon and you want to sit and watch the rest of the game on. No one talks about it. That that's one thing, but you have. Yeah, but 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 to make a big deal out of Celebrity Jeopardy, I found that to be pretty. Fu- I I don't know. I found that to be silly. So um, yeah, well,
1: there's
0: there's enough silliness to go around. Exactly. Without further ado, what we'll do, we're gonna take you to our interview that we had this past Saturday with UCLA quarterback, former Bruin, Brett Hunley fifth round draft pick of the Green Bay Packers. Great interview. We had a lot of fun talking about his favorite UCLA moment, his transition out of the pro game, a lot more. Had, had a lot of fun, some good laughs too, which is always fun. Great great guy, uh, great personality and from what, you know, Mike McCarthy had talked about on uh this past weekend, he had a very good day. So, a very good weekend. So, uh plenty more to talk about with with Brett Hundley. Uh here it is. Right on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Yakshamash, everybody, welcome back to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Uh, and, and this time around at the Acme Packing Company, make sure you guys check out both sites uh, for all your Wisconsin Badgers and your Green Bay Packers news, of course. Proud affiliates of SB Nation. I am here. We have the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, jumping on in just a couple minutes. We got from Acme Packing Company, we got Evan Tex-Western. And we have a really special guest this week. We're really excited to have him on. I, we had the chance to watch him in college, light it up for the UCLA Bruins. And now a Green Bay Packer with a fifth-round pick, 147th overall. We have quarterback Brett Hundley. Brett Welcome to Wisconsin and, and how's the first couple of days uh, in in the state and in the city of Green Bay been for you?
2: Uh man, first off, thank you for having me and uh, it, it's been really awesome down here. You know, I've been having a good time with all the players and uh Ricky Camp uh, has has been really well. You know, they sort of throw a whole bunch of plays and stuff at you, but it's fun just to, you know, get into some more football now and you know, you've been sort of waiting for so long and now you get to play play some football again and that's really what it comes down to. So I've been enjoying myself. Well, that's. Uh, I, I was
3: kind of curious to hear. Um, I, I was wondering how much of the the playbook they're really throwing at you these first couple of days. I mean, it's got to be a little bit overwhelming with with just you know a week ago you, you still had no idea who you you know where you were going to end up and, and now all of a sudden you, you know, you've got a, a whole new offense to prepare for. So so what you know just how much are you asked to absorb this this week over rookie camp?
2: Yeah, um, it, it's been quite a lot. And, you know, the, the playbook or rookie book that we got was, was pretty big, <laughs> to say the least. So uh, it, it was a good amount of information, you know, going through protections, run game, uh, passes, concepts, uh, checks, audibles, everything. You know, there's a, there's a lot in that packet. And, it, it, you know, I want to say it's almost the foundation of the offense that you get thrown at you. But, you know, I've, I've seen the legit playbook, and uh, it, there's a lot more to it. So, uh, you know, to learn it in a day or two, it took some time, but uh, you know, you, you still gotta practice it and rep it to sort of get comfortable with it.
0: We're here with Brett Hundley, Green Bay Packers quarterback, here on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. And, and, and you know, Brett, let me ask you. I mean, you talk about you know the adjustments, and uh, is there one thing? Is there is there one thing that's a really a, a main focus that you're trying to 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 grasp this week? Obviously, it's two days, but is there one thing you're really trying to hone in on, or is it just a multitude of just you try and get your feet wet and asking what the coaches are, are want from you
2: yeah yeah I, I think that's really my main focus just you know uh, playing for the Green Bay Packers is, is a blessing and um, you know it, it's it's truly an honor to come down here and, and, and be a part of such a great tradition and a great you know place to play some football at but you know when when you're playing, um, you, you really just got to understand that when you come here, there's a lot to learn. You know, this is known for producing quarterbacks, so there's a lot that is you know thrown at you. The offense is different than what I ran in college, or and, and you really have to take that into account. So I, I you know, and really just focusing on learning everything, uh, learning footwork, learning snap counts, cadence checks, everything. I'm learning, You know, there's a multitude of things that that you have to. Um, you know, learn as a quarterback when when you make the transition into the NFL.
3: So the first couple of days of practice, um, like you said, you know, throw in, a lot of concepts and things thrown at you. Are there um, are some similarities, anything specific that you see that, uh, that you're already familiar with because of the, the offense that you ran at UCLA?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, things like protections, they all sort of have similarities in how they work and how they function. Now, there's small differences here and there with, with our playbook, or the Green Bay Packers, um, compared to, you know, my former team, the UCLA Bruins. But you can sort of relate these things to one another to help you remember it. Um, but it's just different terminology, really. and In the past game, the past game there's, you know, stuff that you can relate it to as well. But, um, you know, it, it, it's all different terminology and small differences here and there.
0: Here with Brett Hundley, Green Bay Packers quarterback, fifth round draft pick uh, just a week ago, uh, and uh, let me ask you too. I mean, we, we've talked about kind of like what's been going on uh, recently, but can you talk about the, just the phone call? Like, what was the? When when did you get it, and, and what was the whole state of emotions uh, on Saturday when when? you got the phone call from, from the green Bay Packers. Was there a certain person that gave you the, the call and, and what were just the
2: emotions that you experienced that, that afternoon? Yeah, it, it was awesome. You know, um, for me, I had a lot of nerves going into the draft anyways. And, um, you know, it didn't make, make it better uh, waiting the first, second day um, and not getting a phone call. But when I got that phone call, you know, I was so excited and, and just to see it's green Bay and, you know, when when I got on the call, you know, they they asked, you know, are, do you want to be a Packer, and and I said yes, um, and it, you know, it, you know, I started crying, and there's just so many emotions that go into it, and and it's such a great opportunity and such a big blessing that you know you sort of get to be drafted because there's only you know a handful of guys out of thousands that are that are trying to get that opportunity.
3: Did it uh, did it make maybe the wait feel a little better after uh, seeing Green Bay trade up into that slot and 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 then you know, make, make that pick to, to bring you to Green Bay?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it just shows, um, you know, how much uh, they sort of value um, me as a quarterback. And, you know, that's, that's what you want to hear as, as, as an athlete. You know, you want somebody to want you uh, just as much as you want to play for that respective team, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's good to see it. And I, I was really happy that, that Green Bay moved up in that position to, to pick me. And, and that's sort of just what you want as any player.
0: And, Brett, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, just in terms of draft, maybe just back it up a little bit more towards your, your preparation for the NFL draft for uh, now your first year it'll be uh, as an NFL player. What did you do between your final collegiate game and the draft or leading up to that uh, in terms of your preparation? Uh, is there a certain place you trained at or a certain uh, either former players or, or a performance center that you had – Uh, trained at to prepare for this day
2: yeah Uh, I I trained at Exos facilities the training facilities in in Los Angeles and then I trained in uh, Arizona so in Arizona I was with Kurt Warner and Colin Kaepernick and in Los Angeles I was with Cody Fajardo and um, uh, coach name um, I'm blanking out (laughs) Uh, but I I was in both facilities (laughs) between uh california and arizona bill goes bill cunity uh I was with uh, him in in la so you know i had a good time uh, great coaches great people to learn from and um you know i got a lot of training to to you know before i got drafted
3: well then after the training obviously comes the scouting combine and uh I, I i was lucky enough to to be able to come to the combine and, and set in and your um your, your media availability briefly but um yeah, it's it's I imagine there's got to be a, a, a ton of pressure that that's, that you feel as an athlete trying to go out there on the field, and, and obviously you know throwing as well as doing all the drills. What was it like for those you know those those couple days where you know it, it seems like you're just going nonstop for for three or four days straight?
2: Yeah, it really is at the combine. Um, you know, you get there and you've been training for that moment for 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 a month or two, and so that's really you know. You, you, you work on your football, but at the same time, you know, you're training for the 40, you're training for the um five ten five and the vert and stuff like that. So you're, you're, that's really what you're focused on. And, um, and also studying for football, but you get there and then it's nonstop. You know, you wake up at 4 or 5 in the morning for, for a drug test and then, um, you know, you don't get back to your room until 11 p.m. at night. So there's a lot of time and energy spent uh, moving around and meeting people, meeting coaches um, and being in meetings. And then the last day is the testing, so you have to be able to, you know, go with a couple days of not that much sleep and nonstop running, and then be able to perform on on the last day. So it it it, it drains you a little bit, but it's a fun experience.
0: You know, waking up at four and five morning—that sounds like me right now with my uh, two five-month-old twins and my three-year-old waking me (laughs) up constantly. Uh, that's a constant nowadays, at least. It's getting better on my end, but uh, but I completely understand. Granted, you have a lot more physical tests rather than me going to my day job and uh, trying to file papers <laughs> here and there. But, uh, but, but uh, we're here with uh, Brett Hundley, Green Bay Packers quarterback here on the Kielbasa Kings sports extravaganza. And, you know, it, your UCLA career obviously decorated, and, and being with Jim Moore and just the fact that just the numbers you put up uh, you know, 67 percent of your passes completed. You know, almost the 10,000 yards uh, and 75 touchdown passes. What's some of the fondest memories you have as a Bruin?
2: Uh, you know, I, I think really breaking you know the the career records of touchdown was probably a great experience for me, and you know, for sure was, and to do that in three years um, was awesome. But Beating SC three times, you know, in a row. And, and you know, just, just remember, because my redshirt year, we got beat to them fifty to nothing at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, when when um when I started my redshirt freshman year, you know, I I never lost to them. And I think going three years in a row beating our crosstown rivals was was probably one of the funnest experiences. You know, it's one of the biggest collegiate rivalry games um there is. So so to be able to win that and never. You know, I can walk away saying I never lost. It's an awesome feeling and, and accomplishment to me and the
0: team. You're going to have some competition well, then with Clay Matthews and, and, and a couple other Nick Perry and those guys,
2: <laughs> those USC guys, it sounds yeah. like. Uh, I, I got so. some weight now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you've Go got ahead. some guys in your corner there too with um, you know, two-year-old teammates and Dayton Jones and Jonathan Franklin who got yeah. drafted in Green Bay a couple of years ago. Um, what, what's your relationship like with those two guys? And I imagine – you know, Franklin being on your side of the ball, you're, you still keep in touch with him?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was actually just talking to him yesterday. Um, you know, he was calling me, seeing you how my first day went. Um, and he's, you know, he's doing really well. But that was sort of like my bigger brother when I got to college uh, because I got to college when I was 17 and he was, you know, older guy and sort of just took me under his wing. And that's who I was around. That's who I lived with and um, sort of learned after. And then Dayton Jones, same, same example, you know. Uh he broke the ankle and was there an extra year. But I got to spend a lot of the time with him and, and, and sort of just um, get a feel for him and, 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 and just work with him. You know, he's a hardcore worker, and he shows that now. I mean, he's here with Green Bay, and he's doing a great and tremendous job for them.
0: And and Brett, you know what what's the what's the rest of the weekend for you? Uh, what 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 happens now? Um, any, any team activities tonight? And is there some? I take it there's some practices going on tomorrow. What's what's your schedule like the rest of the weekend uh, and moving forward in the next few weeks?
2: Yeah. Uh, so basically, we just have we start uh, practicing with the team Monday, and we'll do that all the way um, until the end of June. So uh, it, it, it's nonstop. Awesome. Well, and,
3: and in practice, I imagine starting up these next weeks, um, you'll see a little bit of a guy who, who you were uh, playing opposite in, in Demarius Randall, the, the first round pick. Yeah. Um, can you, what what were your impressions of him as a player playing against him each of the last two years
2: at Arizona State? Uh, he was awesome. He was awesome. You know, he, he beat me once, I beat him once. Uh, but uh, he's an awesome <laughs> player. Uh, I got to spend some time with him and sort of just hang around him um, these last two days. and. Uh, he's a great guy on and off the field. Um, you know, he wasn't able to practice um, today or or yesterday, but uh, I'm sure when he steps on the field and we get a chance to go at it, uh, it it'll be fun. Yeah, do you look forward
3: to that kind of – do you look forward to that challenge of, of playing against a guy in practice that uh, that you've played against in college?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's awesome. You know, you always – they always, you know, it, it'll get brought up in trash talking when you're playing on the field and stuff. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it'd be fun, and it always is. You know, when you're on the field between those white lines, um, you know, just just to be out there is fun. But but especially when you sort of know somebody a little bit before um, in college. Yeah,
0: and you know, it's funny. Didn't I mean that one game that you that you beat Arizona State? You threw like four touchdown passes, correct? Am I not mistaken? It was there. You had a you had a game against them uh, against them one of those one
2: of those games, right? Oh yeah, yeah. ASU uh, we. We, we we took it to him, um, and and that that game was like sixty something to twenty. Woo! Uh, so yeah, we, we put it on him. On that so I'll always have that to talk about. Uh, Any so, of the other rookies
3: uh, that are there this this week in camp that you've really clicked with, or that you uh, you already had a relationship with beforehand?
2: Yeah, um, you know there there was a there was a lot of uh, you know guys that came to the camp. Andy Phillips uh, was a center. Um, that that came out for 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 this weekend, and he did an amazing job. And I actually worked with him in um, Los uh, Los Angeles at EXOS um, Kennard, uh, he, He's an awesome tight end. We have a funny relationship uh, on the field. I mean, he's a matchup uh, that you always like when he's you know lined up in the slot and. Um, he's running routes on linebackers, a uh, really good guy. and There was, there was a lot of uh, great players, and you, you can see how they're going to – and Ty Montgomery, can't forget about him, um, you know, a Stanford guy, and just be able to play with him now and throw him the ball. You can, it, It's just fun to sort of see this and see how great of players that we have in this draft and um, how it's going to help contribute to the team. Awesome.
0: Great to hear, and and, and Brett, we, we'll let you go in, in just a couple of minutes. You know, I think I'm I'm done on my end with that with all the questions. I don't know if you have something, Evan. Evan, I thought you said you had something about Brett Favre Steakhouse possibly as a question. <laughs> uh, but
3: uh, yeah, but uh, just, that, uh, I heard that was where you guys were eating tonight. Is that right?
2: Yeah, we did. We ate there a little bit early. It was good. You know.
3: That's any fun. uh any any reaction to uh you know being being another quarterback in Green Bay with the name of Brett?
2: <laughs> I know uh that's, that's uh, you know I, luckily that's that's going for me right now two Brett's and um you know now now i'm happy that my name is Brett to be in this town, but uh, you know it's funny you know to surely to look up um to that kind of quarterback and then you know now to be eating at a steakhouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent and brett just want to thank you again so much for coming on the show and best of luck in, enjoy wisconsin hopefully you're able to, to take in not just green bay but all the surrounding cities with you know, the bigger cities you know milwaukee down here in madison hopefully you're able to travel out a little bit and, and, and enjoy uh the state and, and of course uh the best of luck with with the mini camps otas and, and training camp coming up we'd love to have you back on down the road
2: Oh, it sounds good, man. Anytime. I really appreciate it. You guys.
0: Well, thank you. And guys, that was Brett Hundley, Green Bay Packers quarterback uh, fifth round draft pick now uh, in his first uh, mini camp as a Packer. And we're going to come back, take a quick break. This is the Kielbasa King sports extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's fifth quarter and Acme packing company. Hey guys, this is Jay Kokorowski back. Of course, Bucky's fifth quarter and SB Nation we got Polish Shriver Scott Wisniewski back with us and thanks again big thanks to Brett Hundley thanks big thanks to Priority Sport uh, for allowing us the chance to talk with Brett hope to get a few more packers on uh, down the road in between this dead this dead time this uh kind of dead period for for football. Uh, hopefully, granted, they're, they're quite busy, but hopefully uh, during some OTAs uh, we'll get a chance to talk with them. And uh, great guy. Fun interview. Big thanks to Tex Western for uh, doing the joint venture with us there. Uh, make sure you guys, you guys will be able to check out some fun. Uh, we have some fun going on with... Uh, them, and we'll be uh, getting an article up on Brett in just a little, hopefully in the next few days, uh, making some phone calls, trying to get a couple of their coaches to see, uh, just talk about Brett, uh, not just as a player, but as a person. And uh, But honestly, he was a great interview, and big thanks to him for jumping back on and and you can just tell that uh, he's excited to be there and uh, he's got a great personality and and sounds like a a great leader and we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I mean, you've seen what Mike McCarthy's done with quarterback Scott, uh, Scott Tolzien's improved and you're looking at that. And uh, I I think uh, you'll, you'll see some good things out of, out of Brett down in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting to see how that's going to develop. Um, and, you know, possibly, I mean, I know that this would, you know, shock some of the uh, the uh, diehard Badger fans out there, but, you know, if he has a good camp, could very well maybe be the number two, if not this year next year. Um, obviously, if you don't expect them to have to start, and if he's starting, the Packers are probably in trouble because it means Aaron Rodgers has gone down. But it would be interesting to see how he develops.
0: Absolutely. And so that's uh, – we'll see what the – what comes of it, obviously. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, no, it was great. Like I said, it was great. It was great talking with them, and hopefully, we'll get them back on in the future, uh, along with some other other Packers. Uh, hopefully, we will get a couple other draft picks we've been talking to as well. So, uh, you know, you're now we're looking into a couple of quick things with with Badgers recruiting. Maybe let's we'll get that. Yeah, we get. It's about eight thirty five over here Central Standard Time. Talking real quick about the Badgers. Got a couple, uh, they have a, well, for sure, one verbal commit for uh, the this class, the class of 2015 uh, out of Belgium. Uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> and he didn't waffle with uh, his decision. If you, that's a terrible, that's a terrible, terrible pun. But uh, you have uh, Andy Van Fleet and he is a uh, forward about 6'10", 6'11". Could provide some good help with the loss of Frank Kaminsky and there's not much of a front court aside from with any playing experience, aside of Vito Brown, but he didn't have that great of a year as many of you know, but you look at a guy like Ethan Happ who's going to be a redshirt freshman is going to be needed to along with Nigel Hayes to really step up and to provide a good front court uh, there. Uh, But then uh, he looks really good. And and, I mean, there's some uh, he's yeah, he's over from uh, from Belgium. Uh, so we'll see how he does. But uh, then there's also some talk, too, in football about uh, Sykobe Birch. He is a Florida safety. Uh, it looks like it's, from what may say, it's going to be the commi- commitment. Uh, should come sometime this week once he talks to Coach C- Paul Crist. Uh, he's, he's obviously, uh, from what it sounds like, from what we see on the huddle tape, a ball hockey and safety. Should be good. Uh, it should, it should be a good addition uh, if all goes to plan and uh, there's some good positivity there. So uh, we, yeah, I think those are you know, two solid additions to the, to the Badgers uh, and we'll see, obviously you, we all know this Scotty too. I mean, it is recruiting. So it's uh, you never know how things pan out, but uh, especially with Wisconsin, with, with the way some things have gone in the past, but uh, things are looking up and, and you know what? Also, kind of looking up too. You have the Milwaukee Brewers, obviously not doing so well. They're down three nothing right now to the Chicago White Sox as we speak. However, you also uh, you know winners of their six of their last ten, and you know you've granted it's more of a sample size from what we talked last week. Uh, you take two series from the Chicago Cubs, a division rival, which is good to know. You know they're four and two against the Cubbies now, but then they're they're toe-to-toe against the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, split the four game series there thoughts so far on, on them. Uh, seen any improvements in your eye in the past 10 games or more, uh, even before Renneke was fired.
1: Well, like I said, it was going to be hard to be worse. Um, um, it was going to be hard to be worse. And you know they're starting to play a little bit better. They still make too many mistakes. Uh, they still do the things that madden you about this team um, and have for a long time, even when they were winning games. Uh, really, uh, case in point, and I know people disagreed with it, but the whole, you know, in, in the opener of the series when they decided to, you know, Gomez decides to go home on a triple in the error, and he was saved barely. I mean, I, I can make an argument that he was out, but it was just a, it's a bad baseball decision. I, it's just, they do things that, you know, it's not even unconventional, because some of are like, oh, they're just unconventional, they're baseball dumb, okay, they're not unconventional, they, they, they just don't have a high baseball IQ, and again, it's an organizational thing, and it's going to take a while for that to change, so unfortunately, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but um, the pitching got better, and we kind of thought it would, I mean, the pitching was really the thing that was hurting his team. Because the offense had its ups and downs, but they had ups and downs last year. But the pitching was pretty solid last year. And while I didn't expect the pitching to be great because I'm not a big supporter of Mike Fires and, and that sort of thing, I did expect it to be okay. I certainly didn't expect it to be as bad as it had started. So that has kind of righted itself a little bit, but you kind of felt that was going to happen, you know. Um, there's still not, you know, a, a staff full of aces. They're better than they were the first 20 games of the year. So, um, so that's that's been probably, I think, the biggest improvement. Although I don't know. I still have questions. And maybe he's still trying to figure it out. And I'll, so I'll be fair about it. But I'm not so sure that Council's great with managing the bullpen. Um, the Cubs game, the, the Mother's Day game, take Braxton out, and then uh, Will Smith gives up the, uh, the, the time to run. The, the next day too long or you know the next time we have a chance he gets uh beat up so uh, but you know it's all for the bullpen okay, Those guys are in the bullpen for a reason you know
0: absolutely absolutely so uh you know you have the, this series coming up and uh obviously they're wrapping things up and I, I don't know. It's good seeing a little bit of, I mean, this is what happens when you have a will change, a little bit more energy, a little bit more, you know, life to things. So that, that, that's a good, it's a good sign there, but yeah, I don't know. They still, I mean, they still got a ways to go and, you know, they're still either the second worst or the worst team in, in you know, in major league baseball in terms of wins and losses, so I mean, they got a ways to go, but it's still good to see. It's still good to see them, you know, playing hard and even without Luke Roy, uh and Ramirez. But you know, you have tonight, uh, and then they have they uh, go on the road to New York uh, for a three game set. Uh, and then uh, I mean, it's it's you got a ten game road trip, which is really weird because I mean they go. No, oh, it's not, actually not too weird. I'm sorry. I thought they were going out to San Francisco. But they go New York, Detroit, Atlanta, and then back home on the 25th on uh, Memorial Day for the San Francisco Giants. So, uh, I mean, it, your, your thoughts on the week ahead, uh, even on the next, uh, I'd say the next two the next two series uh, with some interleague play with the uh, Detroit Lions. Or Tigers, Tigers. Like, good God, I'm tired. But, uh, yeah, uh, your thoughts on the next couple of years. <laughs> it's been a long week my friend i don't yeah, have any
1: I, I have no thoughts i mean it's the schedule is what it is detroit's playing well atlanta's been so slow the Mets have been playing well but they're starting to cool they're getting banged up you want to talk about a team that's suffering a lot of injuries and it's the new york mm-hmm. Mets. so i guess you could say they're catching them at the right time unless of course they lose and then you know but uh i don't know i mean again you'd like to see them have a 500 road trip you'd like to see them come back and beat the Sox today and have a, a nice home stand. You go five hundred. You go five and four or five and five on the road trip. I guess you can't be too upset about it. But honestly, I, I looked at last week when they went four and three, and I figure if they would be one game over five hundred for the rest of the year, they'd finish with eighty five or eighty six, so, could put them in the playoff hunt. Now that's a tall order considering how they you know how they played but if they could go one game think about how the numbers play out. you have to be one game over 500 that's it and if you do that um you have a shot at uh at at making the playoffs even with as poorly as they started so there's a little positive nuggets and some silver lining there i don't think it's going to happen i'm just saying all they have to do is go one game over 500 or w- every week, and they will have chance for the postseason. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, but uh, looking now too, anything with the NBA playoffs, anything with baseball in general, or anything uh, with NBA thoughts, anything. I know the. Uh, I think the Bucks are actually open getting some uh, game day peril uh, for name of the game. As a, I mean, this is smaller news, but uh, some of the new Bucks merchandise is actually making its way finally to Madison. Uh, so we we're, am so we're asking uh, for the fans that are Bucks fans out here, which is actually a, a, a decent amount. Uh, you'll see that uh, there. But uh, thoughts on NBA playoffs? I mean, obviously right now Hawks and Wizards are, are battling uh, in, in game five. Uh, thoughts overall, uh, what's going on? And, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It was interesting with the Cavaliers and the Bulls. You had the fact that LeBron, you know, with, with the call of time, you know, basically negating the play that Blatt had drawn up, uh, which I mean, you know, you're the MVP and then in the first ballot Hall of Famer, I think you're allowed to do that. And You saw what he did, but uh, thoughts overall on the NBA playoffs, anything big on your, on your thoughts, anything on your end?
1: No, I mean, the series has been pretty good. I, I... Cleveland's been weathering the storm. They're up three-two, uh, obviously with playing without uh, Kevin Love, and um, yeah, you know, I think you know I think that's been a surprise. Clippers, uh, I don't know if the Clippers are surprised. The regular season, they didn't live up to expectations after having a really good year last year, um, you know. But I, you know, I, I I don't I I I can't be surprised that they're playing well now because. They have the they have the talent, uh, but yeah they they they've been taking it to Houston. They're up in that series. Um, it looks like it. We're probably going to see Atlanta, maybe Cleveland in the in the uh, East and in the West. Um, I still think Golden State's going to come back on Memphis. You could see a Golden and uh, um, the Clippers, which I think would be a phenomenal series. I, I don't know what you think, but I, that would be one that would be appointment. Uh, to me, it'd be appointment viewing. So. to speak.
0: Yeah, I, didn't, I mean, obviously the Golden State Warriors are fun to watch. You know, Seth Curry, Clay Thompson, you know, and, and for those that have any type of uh, warm feelings towards Andrew Bogut, there's that too. But uh, I'm kind of a fan of Memphis with their defense. I mean, granted, they're more defensive than anything, and I'm, I'm a fan of Zach Randolph. And, uh, and you see, uh, obviously, there's some uh, Wisconsin connection with John Lure, who we've talked to in the past as well. But I I think either one of those teams—they're smaller market. I I like how those teams play, but yeah, I I think Golden State and the Clippers—you're looking at some really good basketball and be a great Western Conference Finals uh, to see who goes on to play. Uh, You know, it could be—I mean, I—I don't know about you, but I kind of feel that the cat—winner of the Bulls-Cavs series. Would go on, to, you know, go on to the finals overall. But I mean, to not to take anything away from Washington or Atlanta, but I just feel like there'd be a little bit more umph with with either Chicago or Cleveland, and I think that granted they would beat each other I, you know, up too I, much.
1: I, I would agree with you as far as it'd be a little bit more of a draw, but uh, you know what? I think Atlanta, with Kevin Love being out, I actually think Atlanta matches up better with Cleveland if Kevin Love isn't there, because they have some bigs that can play. And I know LeBron's still LeBron, and that would certainly be an X-factor in the game, but I I guess, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, you might be surprised at what, uh, what might happen if uh, Atlanta gets a shot at, uh, at Cleveland. I think the Bulls are a better matchup against Atlanta. I think the Bulls would beat Atlanta, um, but I think that Cleveland might have a hard time just because of the way things shake down with the injury situation if Kevin Love is unable to come back.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's out for the foreseeable future. I mean, they didn't really – they gave no time table and there's no – you know what I mean. I'm just uh, – right. yeah, I I do agree with you there, but I, don't know, I, I maybe it's the Bulls. I mean, the way if Derrick Rose can play like he's he, – he like you've seen – at times during these playoffs, I, I think that Bulls team can be really, really good. So we'll but see. We'll, that's uh, the problem.
1: I, I think you touched on the problem right there. Um, if, if um, you know, he's he's been very, he hasn't been the same player. Obviously, the injuries have taken so. But when he's on, you're right; he's still very, very good. But the problem is, he hasn't always been. Um, been the consistency is lacking. Let's, let's just, let's put it, let's kind of throw that out there. The lack of consistency is what's, what's definitely hurt him um, and the team and, and it's hurt the team because they've really needed that. And he's been unable to provide it.
0: Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you saw it too, even in the buck series. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. But uh, anything else you got going on right now? We're about almost 12 to 12 to the top of the hour. Uh, obviously, we should definitely promote the Rebels of Wrestling uh, reunion show. It's, it's coming up this weekend. Uh, get, Scotty, give us the times and give us some of the matchups.
1: Um, well, um, we're going to see uh, a couple of great matches. Silas Young, uh, the last real man in professional wrestling, takes on the Beer City Bruiser, Matt Winchester, two Ring of Honor star. Uh, who are also former Rebels of Wrestling stars, and that's obviously why they're on the show. Um, Joey Jet Avalon is on the show, Dysfunction's on the show. Uh, Jack Spade takes on uh, Chris Black. The Urban Horseman defend the tag team titles. Um, let's see, uh, 8-Pack Jared Jacks uh, on the show. I'll be in a street fight in a tag match. Uh, me and Vic Ross against... Uh, Chaos and Steve Santana. Um, Angel Armani is on the show. Um, so there's there's some really good matches. And I'm telling you, I, I, I know it's, you expect me to say this because I'm promoting it and you expect some hyperbole because it's pro wrestling. There is not going to be a bad match on this show. And you are not going to want to miss it. Um, and it's for a great cause. And uh, the address is... 1271 State Road, 175 in Hubertus. Now, if you're at the split where uh, 894 and 94 cross by the zoo interchange, it's about 20 minutes north and slightly west of there. That's how, So not that far. Um, if you're in the Milwaukee area, if you're in the Madison area, it's still not that far, 45, 50 minutes, um, I guess. I didn't really map quest it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but it's going to be great, and proceeds go to help... Uh, Family of Jermaine Johnson, who was a Rebels of Wrestling stalwart, who passed away recently, and it's helped the family with the bills and the other things. So, yeah, so it. come on down.
0: Absolutely, no, it'd be a really great. Uh, it's a great show. People need to check it out. Obviously, it's for a great cause to help out a family uh, with a with a tragic loss. And make sure you guys go check that out. We'll be posting it on our Facebook page. This week I'll do it probably even tonight uh, and share the Rebels Wrestling event and make sure you guys check that out. Uh, make sure you guys check out too, by the way, on Bucky's fifth quarter. We just announced it tonight. It's been something that's been debated about amongst everybody at the at, at the writing staff at Bucky's fifth quarter is the basically it's called the Great Madison bar bracket of 2015 and essentially we've taken 64 bars around the city of Madison, both bars and restaurants. I mean, it's a combination and you, the fans get to decide which bars are the best. Uh, And we want to hear your thoughts, obviously. And we want to have your thoughts and breakdown. We'll have more going on during the week. We have a round table that'll be up uh, tomorrow discussing the merits, the regions, uh, underrated, overrated bars, And then over the course of the next few couple weeks, you, the fans will be able to decide who moves on in each of the brackets. Uh, We'll decide the winner. And so it's a round of 64. Obviously there are plenty more. There are actually more bars uh, around the campus, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's fifth quarter for that. Uh, You guys will get my opinion on there. Uh, But also happy graduation to all the UW students out there. If you guys are listening, I know our, uh, two of our guys, Luke Miller and Kevin O'Connell, graduating nine years ago. Uh, actually, yeah, it was nine years ago. Gosh, is it already? Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow or, 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 or Friday is when I graduated about nine years ago. I'm feeling old already. So um, just, feel, you know, congratulations to you guys. Enjoy the time. I still remember my commencement speech, Whoever we had – the owner, former owner of, of a restaurant here in town, that it was the worst commencement speech, Scotty, I've ever heard in my life. It was someone that was a high school dropout. That I mean, granted she worked hard and she had so she had success and she was a now a famous owner of a restaurant. But you know, said she was knocked up and gave birth to a restaurant, and my everyone kind of all the you could see the confusion by everybody in the. <laughs> In in the Kohl Center that day, Uh, it was pretty nuts. It wasn't, uh, yeah. We all kind of shook our heads, and and those are that's verbatim. I I found the speech that she gave actually, and it was, uh, you know. And then of course the next year they get the executive producer of the Daily Show, and then maybe a year or two after that they get Scott Van Pelt, and this year they have Katie Kurt for all people. So uh, at least they've upped their game. Maybe that maybe ours was the catalyst of getting better, better speakers. Who knows?
1: Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, um yeah, I, I guess uh, at least they didn't tell you to wear sunscreen, right? Is that, is that the way yeah. that works
0: sometimes? Something some like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that was the uh, big, I, that, I don't know, we're dating ourselves. If anybody doesn't remember that hit song, which is really just a, a recording of a, a spoken word sort of a uh, commencement um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I can't remember who, who spoke at at mine, but uh, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't think I was for it. Um, but yeah, there's been some interesting ones. If you could pick anybody to do a commencement speech, it doesn't have to be anybody who's ever done one. It could be somebody who's never done a commencement speech for as long, far as you know. But if you could hear anybody give one, who would give the best commencement?
0: Ooh, right. now, are there any parameters, or any like comedic, or actually meaningful, anything like that, or would it be—is just any parameters no. that you? would
1: No, no, per- it just flat out. Like, if you were booking, if you could book the commencement speech for a college, you could have your pick of anybody out there. Who would you pick?
2: Ooh,
0: um, gosh, if he was still alive. I'd say Robin Williams, just with a lot of the advice you'd have comedy, but I think you'd have a lot of wisdom with 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 things. I like I think maybe Robin Williams would be great for commencement speech. I would even go I mean, I'm more of the comedy route because I like something light that might have a a good message in the end. But granted this goes back to maybe this outdates me if people don't remember the movie Back to School, which was filmed on campus at UW, having Rodney Dangerfield, I think would be awesome. Just to you know, if he'd be there and, and give a speech, I think that would be funny uh, and get some laughs out of there. I'm more for the entertainment value than the actual message uh, that you that you have. So, all right, what about you? What you? Who who would be the, who would be your your choices?
1: Oh boy, um, let's see. I think uh, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Because funny thing is. Yeah, the things that he would tell these these college kids, they wouldn't necessarily think it applies to them just yet. And then when they get to be now, like now in the forties, be like, oh wow, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess he was right. So,
0: absolutely, but yeah, yeah, no, solid choices, solid choices there. But uh, like I said, congratulations to all the graduates this weekend, and uh, enjoy the real world now uh, if you if you're heading there. So. Um, but on that note you had anything else brother we got about, uh, about two and a half minutes left anything that's on your mind that uh, you want to talk about before we uh, take it home
1: uh, no no not not really um I, I know it sounds like uh you know like a cop but I, you know I, I was gonna do a dupe of the week and i want to save it for next week because i want to give it a little bit more time and and it'll still apply. So it's it's not like it's something that's that's completely dated. And, and You know, I will say this about baseball, though. I was reading this the other day. Uh, actually, this morning, George Posada saying that A-Rod doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. He was Roger Clemens. I'm just going to say this. Regardless of what they did or didn't do, they weren't the only ones who cheated. Um... And they were gonna have Hall of Fame careers without the performance enhancing drugs that they used. I think that that's pretty evident and that's pretty clear. So, um, um, but that's gonna be something. We're gonna talk about this story forever in a day. You know, it's never gonna go away. So well, um, this
0: generation, this next generation that gonna be up, there's gonna be a lot of scrutiny over who people perceived were clean, I mean the ones that you can confirm that more, you know, you know the ones that have the positive steroid test, you know, for your P- steroids, PEDs, however you want to say it, you know, like the Palmeiro. You have those guys that have those tests, but there's always that cloud of suspicion over this generation of baseball players that are going to be retiring soon. So yeah, it's going to be that debate at least for this, at least for this, you know, generation that's now retiring that that's now eligible. There's always going to be the what if and did he. And it's gonna, I mean, it's not gonna be fun, you know, and you'll have people that, that swear by it that they never took it, but they'll be out of there. People there too well, that, yeah. you know. You're well.
1: right. And, and gonna, one of the big ones, one of the ones that really kind of stands out when we talk about other times, um, you know, Jeff Bagwell, for example. Now, Jeff Bagwell's never had a positive test, okay? Never had a positive test. He's never failed a drug test. But yet, he somehow has fallen victim because people think, well, who else has been doing steroids to have numbers like he has? Uh, so, uh, so, Because you can make an argument that if Jeff big is not a Hall of Famer, he would be a Hall of Famer in this era if he was completely clean. So people doubt. Uh, we don't isn't clean, although he's a hypocrite, and talks about Ryan Braun and how Ryan Braun dis- disgraced the but he had steroids sent to his house, so whatever, you know, pot called kettle black, you know how that works, uh, but uh, I don't know, uh, you're right, we're never going to get out from under this. But then again, look at, look at the – okay, so home runs were back to a normal level, right? Back to a normal pace for the last couple of years. And now all the balls are flying out of the park again. You've got, what, six people with double-digit home runs or more already? That's um, crazy, Nelson yeah. Cruz At one, uh, one time, Nelson Cruz was on pace for 70. So have they just found something they can test with? What's changed? What's different? What's different this year than the last three years?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, I
1: mean, we're never going to. It's like we talked about at the top of the show with the flake gate. We will never be out of the realm of cheating and professional sports. Never going to happen.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: So, there's that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, thank you guys again for uh, tuning in. Big thanks again to Brett Hundley, Priority Sports for jumping on and then making this happen. And I'd like I said, make sure you guys check out uh, Acme Packing Company. Uh, and big thanks to Evan for stepping in. Uh, and uh, make sure you guys check out the, in the coming week. We got another show coming up. We'll talk, obviously, more baseball. We'll talk, uh, there's some Badger commits. There's, there's some that are talking right now. Uh, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. You have. Plenty more NBA playoffs. Uh, hopefully we'll get some Packers and Badgers on talking as well. We'll have some fun with uh, the shows as we all miss football right now. So uh, on that note, for the Polish rifle, uh, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jay Kokorowski. Follow us on Twitter, at B5Q, at Kielbasa Kings WI. And we'll see you next week. Doza my friends.
2: Accordion solo, American polka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Records.